This is the Dandelion Roots podcast with brain injury survivor Isabella and her service dog, Mr. Figgles. Reconnecting to the world by deepening our roots into the soil of life, emerging from the darkness and blooming into the light. Our episodes will center around real life experiences on this healing journey of self-discovery with chit-chat over a cup of tea, deep insights, and performance poetry to bring hope and understanding to the deeper corners of the mind for all those who are struggling, regardless of their why. So join us for a sense of community on this journey into a new life. Hey everyone, so this is the second half of the podcast from The Perfect Storm. Um, talking about the information that I got from my health coach that really helped open up the brain injury recovery and regaining my cognition and, and communication uh, closer to pre-injury status than I've ever been before. I don't think I'll ever quite get there, you know, get back to that level of of biochemistry and, you know, calculus and all the crazy multitasking I used to do. But to be able to, you know, have this new normal of creating, you know, these beautiful sentences and structures and not losing your vocabulary and getting to talk about really in-depth subjects, you know, um, that I think that new normal is just absolutely sublime and beautiful. And what has really made the biggest difference in me getting here has been working with a health coach to the point that I have been inspired to see what I can do to become a women's health coach. Um, But uh, getting back to my journey with my health coach, a lot of it started when I was having a lot of difficulties with my blood pressure, it would be really, really low in the morning and different parts throughout the day. And by low, I mean like 90s over 50s. So like low. And to give a reference point for those who don't have a lot of background information on blood pressure, you know, for someone who's coming up to 46 years of age, um, you know, a nice solid blood pressure is between like 110 over 75 to like 120 over 75. You know, somewhere in there, that's a nice, good, solid blood pressure to get you through your day and to function and to live life well. So spending any amount of your day with a blood pressure in 90s over 50s, that's obviously, that's just way too low, especially when you're dealing with things like brain injury and migraines, because it's just going to make your symptoms so much worse. And I had been talking with my chiropractor about it. You know, I was like, I just, I'm struggling with this and I, I don't know what to do and how to fix it. And his first question to me is, or was, are you eating enough? You know, for him, that was indicative of a blood pressure for somebody who is essentially starving. They weren't eating enough. And I'm thinking to myself, of course I'm eating enough. You know, I eat all day. Are you kidding? Like, of course there's enough. 
Um, and then my insurance company, a couple months after that, I think it was a couple months, maybe it was a couple weeks, but my insurance company came through and they said, you know, we're going to pay for you to have a health coach and to see if we can't get some of these, you know, things back on track. And I was like, well, that's really cool. I don't even have to pay for it. How awesome. Um, so I started working with a health coach and I had, it was all through an app online and, um, they went through and I had to input my nutrition and my exercise and my husband bought me a nifty little fitness tracker so we could really look at my output every day, work day versus day offs, things like that. And what we discovered uh, was that my output was really high. So if it was a work day, easily 20,000 steps a day. If it was a day where I was at home and cleaning, you know, 15,000 steps a day. And when you look in that, in conjunction with the fact that my job has a high physical output in addition to those steps, because that 20,000 steps did not include the actual massages that I was giving or the yoga classes that I was teaching. It was only the in-between parts of when I could wear my fitness tracker. And so looking at all that output, all of a sudden made my nutritional input look really, really small. <coughs> Excuse me. And so my health coach said, I'd be really interested in knowing what your glucose levels are during the day. You know, my blood glucose or blood sugar. And... You know, it took me a while to get together all the pieces to do daily tracking. And I had to do a lot the first two weeks to kind of see where everything fell in at before meals, after meals, before exercise, after exercise, before driving, after driving, before work, during work, after work. You know, so we could really see a good trend on what my blood glucose was doing throughout the day. And what we discovered is that my blood glucose was tending to run low. Um, and, but my low looked different than other people's low. We were basing the low on function and not on that quote unquote normal parameter within test results. So we got all this data and I'm looking at this data and I start doing some research and I'm like, well, why is 90 to 100 for me considered a functional low? And I'm looking at, you know, the doctor's tests and doctor's tests say, well, you're not low until you're under 70. And, and when we're talking about these numbers, we're talking about the U.S. standard uh, for glucose measurement. And um, so I'm like, well, okay, if the doctor says I'm not low until I'm under 70, but my body's saying that I'm low as soon as I'm 100 or less and I'm having crisis in the middle of the night and I'm coming up in the 80s. So what's going on here? And I did further research. And so it turns out that like every health condition I have will contribute to low blood glucose. And I don't just have one. I have several. And when looking specifically at brain injuries, 
the research they did was that people with brain injuries function best when their glucose was, you know, somewhere around 125. And, you know, I did my due diligence and I checked on the numbers, you know, for medically speaking, what's considered to be high or pre-diabetic for your day. And the consensus came back as 180 uh, units for the standard measurements in the USA. And I think that's based on like milliliters per deciliter um, or no, I'm sorry, milligrams per deciliter instead of like if you went to Europe, they'd be looking at mm moles. So your number would be a lot, would look a lot different. So using U.S. measurements, um, you know, pre-diabetes, according to the uh, medical standard I found on Google is, you know, like 180 and up. Um, and then once you get like over 200, you're considered to be diabetic. You know, of course, these are not, you know, uh, medically advisable numbers. So if you have concerns, make sure you do go and speak with your doctor specifically about your particular case. Um, I've been working with my doctors for a a ridiculously amount, a ridiculous amount of time. So I know, you know, for me that I am not even considered anywhere near pre-diabetic. So, you know, when my functional lows are coming in based on symptom tracking and glucose tracking, I know that that is, that's low for me. So, okay, now that I got that little liability legal blurb out of the way. Um, So scientific research that they have done, and this is peer-reviewed scientific studies, is that if you have a brain injury, your glucose levels need to be closer to like 120, 125 throughout your day for you to function optimally because once the brain has been injured, it needs more fuel and brain fuel is glucose fuel. And that's why glucose is important and having proper carbohydrate intake into your nutrition is so important. And so with working with my health coach and doing the glucose tracking, we were able to find out that my optimal glucose levels for my injury and other compounding health factors uh, lies in about 110 to 120. And if I can keep my glucose numbers in there, guess what? My blood pressure stabilizes, uh, my vocabulary and communication skills come back, my intellect and my cognitive functioning come back. I lose a lot of that brain fog and disorientation, you know, that they equate with, oh, well, you're a woman, you're getting older, you're hitting menopause. Of course, you're going to have these symptoms. Of course, you're going to feel like your world is collapsing in on itself. That's quote unquote normal. Guess what? Turns out it's not. Turns out it's not normal. So, um, you know, if you're suffering from a brain injury, if you've got things going on like hypothyroidism, autoimmune disorders, you know, your normal values for proper function are going to be a lot different than what your doctor's standard values may be. So you need to make sure you bring that up with your physician. You know, you can do at-home tracking. Yes, that means you're probably going to have to pay cash out of pocket for 
you know, like blood glucose tracking supplies. I certainly did. Um, there's certain things that won't be going through your insurance, but I think if it comes down to good function, amazing function, uh, not being able to get out of bed because you can't function, I think that upfront cost to figure out where your numbers should be is completely worth it. Of course, you have to make that evaluation for yourself when talking with your doctors. But for me, game changer, life changer. I have my memory back. I think my family really got used to uh, me not remembering things. And so some of the things they weren't remembering, they were really happy about. And now that the memory function has come back, I'm like, hey, you promised me this, you know, and maybe they thought that was going to like, they were going to get out of that and now they're not. So, but I'm really enjoying it and I'm really loving it. And, you know, there's still, there's still problem periods, you know, like we had a big storm come in when I was in the middle of creating the last podcast which is why we had to have a part two because yes, I did lose my sentence structure and my vocab during that storm. So I couldn't really articulate this part of the podcast working with my health coach the way I wanted to. So I kind of put that on hold a little bit, but the storms have passed. My words have come back and it's been amazing. The other portion of working with my health coach, so um, working with my health coach, we established one, my blood glucose was too low and that was contributing to my low blood pressure. Part of that was because brain injury requirements require more. Um, Another part of that was the nutrition plans my doctors directed me towards because you can't say they prescribed them but that they pointed me at as good programs to get my function back on track after all the injuries that I had, you know, and to get the weight off from being non-mobile with the leg injuries and stuff. Um, All of those eating plans forced me to reduce my carbs. They said, you're not going to get results if you don't reduce your carbs. And they had my carbs reduced to as little as like, 110 grams per day. And, you know, from what came up in um, my working with the health coach, the glucose monitoring, the blood blood pressure testing, um, you know, really showed that I was not getting enough carbs. And so I brought my, I did my research, my due diligence. And for a woman of my age um, and output function, my minimum carbs per day should be 200 and like 30 grams. Like that's minimum. And so having these quote unquote nutrition plans that took me to this level of starvation And that's exactly what I'm calling it because my hair was falling out. My skin was gray. My lips were white. I mean, they brought me to this place of starvation to get my body to try to lose weight. (coughs) And it did not work. 
And it literally was starving me and starving my brain. So you really have to look at these programs with a grain of salt. And you have to know how to do this at-home testing to find out, does this program work for me or not? And it's better to find out about that in the beginning and not say four years later when your nutritional deficit is so low that you have lost a ridiculous amount of function. So now we've got my my carbs back up to between 230 to 250 grams per day. We've got my blood glucose levels between 110 to 120. Blood pressure is sitting nice and pretty at like 110 over 75 most of the day. And well, we can tell from this podcast compared to previous podcasts, what that has done for my intellect, my communication, my sentence structure, like nothing about today's podcast has been pre-written. I'm not following a script. I didn't have to sit and write it all out and then stumble through my words. So I think that alone tells us right where those results are at. And then the last component I want to talk about today with uh, working with my health coach was, and yes, you know, people, they're like, oh, we're testing bodily fluids. You got to test your urine too. And for this, you get some urine pH strips and, you know, they're talking about, well, you need your body to be in a slightly alkaline state, which I think from the research was like 7.3 something or 7.2 something for your pH. And that's going to put you in this prime health component um, for what your internal pH should be. And urine is a really great way to test that because all of that is coming from your internal structure. Um, And what I found was that my pH levels, when I had really bad migraines and really poor communication my pH levels were at 5.5. Now that is really acidic. And, um, of course, by the time, you know, I ever got to an emergency room or a doctor's office or a lab where they took my pH from my urine, by the time I got to those places, I was at like 6.0 maybe I think there was only one time that I actually came in at 7.0. So 6.0 is still pretty acidic for body function and cell function. And with doing the urine testing, now I can see exactly what impact certain foods are having on my body internally. Am I too acidic? Do I need to be more alkaline? Where do I need to be for my particular function? And what I found was that if I can get my body's pH to like 7.25 for me, which is, you know, that slightly alkaline marker, you know, 7.0 is your neutral pH. If I can get between 7.0 and 7.25, I feel like phenomenally excellent. I've discovered it's really hard to stay there though. Like I have to eat a lot of greens to stay there. And because I don't have a gallbladder anymore, it's very difficult to digest greens without that bile sac, without that gallbladder. So I can't ingest as many greens as I need to, 
to really keep my pH there all day, every day. What I have been able to do is identify different foods that make me more acidic. Um, and so if I, we can see I'm kind of starting to wane here because it is like 6.30 in the morning and I've only had first breakfast today. I haven't gotten to second breakfast yet. I'm totally a hobbit. Okay. But um, anyway, so with that, I've been able to mostly keep my pH at about 6.25 to 6.5. And that has had fairly good results. Um, so my continued journey is going to be, you know, what can I do to tweak things to keep me closer to that 7.0 and 7.25, closer to a neutral and more alkaline state. So I get that better cell function, that better mitochondrial function. Um, and one of the products that I found works really well for this when you can't ingest a lot of greens because you're not digesting them right is coconut water, getting a nice high quality coconut water. My favorite one is the Vita or is it Vito? Google it. You'll find the, the proper spelling, but it works really, really well. And my cardiologist, I showed it to him. He said, it's great for staying hydrated and keeping your electrolytes up. Obviously, you have to make sure you're not drinking too much of it because too many electrolytes are just as bad as not as enough electrolytes. So listen to your body. Um, but so I'm able to use these tools to get better brain function. And, you know, my doctors, especially my neurologists, they, I just feel like they've just been watching me decline these last six years since the brain injury. And nobody could pinpoint anything. You know, nobody could say, oh, well, you're not eating enough. You're not eating enough carbs specifically. You're not getting enough calories. And that was the other thing too, is once I bumped my carbs up closer to 250 and I bumped my calories up closer to 2000 calories per day, which turns out should be the bare minimum for any moderately active woman in her 40s to 50s. Um, guess what? I could actually sleep through the night. No more insomnia. What? You know, years of insomnia, years of diet plans, years of you're not thin enough. Uh, let's starve you out to get you to where you need to be. And I mean, as women, we know if we're not getting enough sleep and have good quality sleep, we're not going to be functioning the way we need to, period. Our bodies aren't going to heal. It's going to put us in health crises. Uh, all sorts of crazy things happen. And I really think a lot of it comes down to this whole starvation culture, you know, that we need to starve ourselves as women to look a certain way to quote unquote be healthier. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that most wellness plans are based on male physiology. And right now I'm product testing a program that's designed specifically for women from the get-go. It wasn't modified from a man's program. It was specifically designed for women coming out of the gate. And so I am hoping I'm doing a beta test for my clients right now on the program. And if it works, then I'm going to definitely be promoting that as a way for women can, 
to lose weight in a way that's healthy. That's not starvation culture. That's not work yourself to the bone culture, you know, eat less, exercise more, push yourself until you feel like you're going to drop dead culture. We do not need that. And then if you're talking about women with brain injury or any kind of significant health health issue or injury recovery process, and this is what they're throwing at us, well, no wonder we're not doing well. You know, no wonder our, our health is in the toilet and our families want to know what, what the bleep happened, right? You know, where did the mom go? Where did the wife go? Where did the girlfriend go? Where did my sister or my daughter disappear to? Where did their vibrancy go? And for doctors to have sit here over the last six years, all different specialties to tell me that my symptoms were from the brain injury, everyone assuming that across the board and that I could never expect better unless I could take pills and my body was like, we're not doing pills. My body has a very adverse reaction to pills and pharmaceuticals. I can just barely handle my thyroid medication. So, um, and having to have that removed due to a tumor, obviously I have to take those pills, but you know, for them to sit here and tell me that without finding a better way for women's health, when obviously monitoring the, the better nutrition plan, the more carbs. And I'm not doing an insane amount of carbs. You know what I mean? I'm not eating 500 grams of carbs per day. I'm not out binging on ice cream. I'm not eating all the fast food. You know, I'm not going to Dairy Queen every day, which I had been for a little while. I will. Yeah. Um, but so I'm not going like crazy. I'm just going from you know, to what we're supposed to be consuming as our minimum, 230 to 250 grams of carbs per day. It's not an insane number. It's not asking for too much. Our bodies just want to be fed in proportion to our output. That's it. Um, you know, so on work days, you know, I'm going to be eating a little bit more because that is what is required. And I think it's just astonishing at how many women are living in the starvation culture with injuries and giving birth and these insane schedules and stressors. And we're being told to starve ourselves on top of it because that's going to fix the problem. Not taking naps, not coming back and cutting back on our to-do list, not eating more. No, we're supposed to starve ourselves. That is the only way. And if you're having problems and you've had any significant injury, well, you're just going to have to live with it because it's not going to get better. Oh, or it's menopause. Your hair is falling out and you've got this big fat around your, you know, fat tire around your middle and it's all menopause. We can't help you. It's bullshit. Oh, am I allowed to say that on here? Okay. Well, if I'm not, forgive me because I can't quite remember the anchor rules on swearing. Um, it's BS. Okay. We'll put it that way. It's BS. And I think the podcast from today, after me making these improvements, 
and you go back through starting at the first podcast and then you come to to today's podcast and the difference is so insane that it makes me angry. It makes me angry that I've lived like this for so long because nobody took the time to find out was I eating enough and was I eating enough carbs? So working with a health coach and my chiropractor and then finding this new program that's a woman-based approach has been phenomenal. And I really recommend for women to, to not, to push their, not themselves, because I think we're doing that enough, to push your doctors, to push your insurance companies, to find better ways that work for women. And insurance companies have an incentive on this, which is why I think mine said, hey, we're going to pay for you to do this program because they are the ones who are footing that financial dollar when women's health tanks. They're the ones who are paying for the emergency room visits. Those hospitals are charging like 25 grand a pop for an emergency room visit for a woman coming in. Uh, So... Yeah. And insurance companies, while there's a certain amount of that that is being written off, they're having, they're paying out at least 10 grand of that. And I'm basing this off of what I've seen on my own EOBs, explanation of benefit pages. So insurance companies have a lot of incentives. If you don't know what incentives your insurance company has to offer you as a woman, call and ask. They might be covering more like free health coaching and things like that, that you're not aware of. If your health insurance company isn't covering it, call, um, like if you have a separate plan that's going through your, for, for pharmaceutical coverage for your medications, call and ask them because they might be offering these incentives And you just may not know about it. So not only is there help out there for you, whether you're a man or you're a woman, if you've been injured, if you've got all these compounding health injury, health issues on top of injuries like brain injuries, call your insurance companies, find out what free programs or reduced rate programs they offer that can help you find better function because it is out there. Do not settle for this statement of you have to starve yourself to get healthy and do not settle for, well, you've had a brain injury. What else can you expect? Don't settle because those are not good enough answers. And my testimony for my journey is proof of that. So keep pushing, keep asking the hard questions. And I know that where I'm at and function in this moment, in this podcast, because I do have so many factors, may not be where I'm at every single moment of every single day. But there's no reason for me at any point to regress back to where I was when I started this podcast. There's no reason for it. And we have to push our medical and scientific communities farther, especially for women, especially for women, in giving us back our function and our lives back. Okay, so 
that is my little blurb. Uh, apparently, it's a 31-minute blurb. Um, but 31-minute blurb on how health coaching can benefit you, especially if you've got underlying health issues, if you've had injuries, especially brain injury, at-home testing for like your blood glucose, your blood pressure, uh, pH balance, you know, uh, testing when your symptoms are really bad, when they're moderate, and then when you're feeling really, really good. And it's important to do your at-home testing when you're feeling really good because that's going to let you know what your target range is for your blood pressure, for your blood glucose, and for your pH testing. And hopefully in the near future, my goal is by the age 50, so I got like four years, um, but by the age 50, I'm looking at what can I do to complete uh, my uh, credentialing, my education as a women's health coach. And I say women specifically because we have fewer options out there available that are built specifically for our bodies, our gender, our hormones, our output, our brain function. And there's no reason that our health needs to keep being compared to men's health because we are different. We have different bodies. We're constructed differently. We have different purpose because our bodies are created to give birth to children. And that's going to create a whole nother dynamic for our health that our medical communities seem to just be flat out ignoring. So keep fighting the good fight. Don't lose hope. I was told by my health coach this this last year, it's only failure if you give up. So don't give up. And don't give up the fight for better function because it's out there. And it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be pre-injury status. But it most certainly can be better. Okay, with lots of love and light, this has been Isabella and Mr. Figgles, my service dog, for today's podcast. So this last piece of poetry for today's podcast, I am particularly proud of. It definitely demonstrates how far I've come with my use of language and words over the last six years from the initial head injury and it's I just feel like it's the most extensive and coherent thing that I've written in years and so I'm just very proud of it um, I think it's a really tells us this really beautiful story of where I started in life as like a child and a teenager and young woman where I was in life before the injury and then where I found myself after and that journey but just in this beautiful poetic form that I think anyone who has gone through any amount of struggle can identify with so Okay, let me find my glasses because they keep disappearing off my face today and I'm not ever sure exactly where I've left them. Okay. I went searching for myself in every culture I could study. 
While I found some were better suited to me than the country I was born into, they all have the same lacking in how they care for the women. So saddening. I went in search of my sisters. I thought for sure here is where I will find me. Just to be confronted with distrustful competition and lack of solidarity. I looked inside books and to the heavens. I learned how to read my fortune in the cards and in the bottom of my tea, because certainly here, I will find me. I traveled and sat under the trees, watching the sunrise sleeping upon the earth. Certainly here, I will find me. I traversed my dreams and storytelling, for certainly here, I will find me. I walk the spiral path, each spiral taking me closer to my center like a Tootsie Roll pop, and journeyed out again, one spiral at a time. I was getting closer, so, so close. And then I was free falling through stars, galaxies, and universes, time unraveling, sense of space and self unspooling. I continued to slip through all the hidden doorways until I found myself standing in front of a door with just one key in hand. I knew not who I was, the talents I possessed, or my place was in the world, but still I stand here with my key, wondering if I can find myself in other languages when las palabras de mi origen fail me. When the words of my origin fail me. And still I stand before the door with my key. How many other doors have I already opened? How many have been closed behind me, on me, or slammed in my face? Or simply refused to unlock? How many did I run from when zombies burst through as the key just barely clicked open the lock? And still I stand here with key in hand before this door, wondering to where it will lead. So in asking that question, where does this door standing right before me lead? And I have so many exciting possibilities coming up for this next year with my business and for me personally and in finally creating you know on a small scale but my women's wellness center in yoga village uh, which you know starting out very small online for women and all those who support women because I think it's a really beautiful opportunity for those who have women in their life that they value and they cherish and want to learn how to care for them better. Um, but that I'm standing like on this precipice of all the dreams and all the hard work that I've put in so far and I can just barely reach out and touch it and I can just barely taste it. So the possibilities now are just really exciting. Well, that is our podcast for today. I appreciate you joining me on my journey. And until next time.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can continue to show your support by making a small donation or becoming a monthly paid subscriber. Click on our website link to join our artist community in the Mighty Network app. Thank you again, and until next time, this has been Isabella and Mr. Figgles at Dandelion Roots. Thank you.